podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, listener, and welcome to Footballers. Before we get into today's episode of the Coach and the Pro Show, I just wanted to point out that this episode was recorded before EA announced that goalkeeper animations will be patched to make long-range finesse shots slightly less effective. Also, the sound quality on this episode is not really up to our usual standard. That's something that we'll look to resolve going forward, but hopefully it won't spoil your enjoyment of a great episode, where Lucas and I start off talking about chance creation and end up discussing tactics via a whole host of other hot FIFA topics. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode two of The Coach and the Pro Show. Today we're joined by Lucas Gummerson, who is a real-life coach for AIK in Stockholm and also their pro FIFA player. Lucas, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing really well. A little bit early in the morning for me here, Lucas, so I'm, I'm still injecting coffee into myself. But yeah, I'm, I'm coming around slowly but surely. Lots of exciting stuff to talk about, as always. We're still learning the game. New things are emerging day by day, it seems. So uh, plenty to get stuck into. And I think we're going to focus today mainly on build-up play. We looked at how to finish chances in the last episode with Connor Wolf. Today, we're going to focus a little bit more on how you create those chances. So yeah, lots of insight we can share with the listeners out there. And I guess the place to start really is with the actual mechanics of chance creation. We hear a lot about certain things being overpowered. Hate that word, to be honest with you. Not a fan of that. If you, if you want to wind me up, use the words overpowered and meta, Lucas. That's that's the way to, oh my to get at me. Um, but yeah, do, you know things like the um, the chip through ball, for instance, with the uh, the double tap triangle or Y. So maybe maybe let's begin there. Is that something that you use? Is it something that you find effective? And if not, what else? What's what's in your toolbox right now, Lucas? I think that's definitely one of the things. Uh, I'm one of the uh, old school players of the game. I like the passing. I'm not really a big fan of uh, using skill moves right into the defender. And yeah, the double tap through ball, lofted through ball is uh, super effective. Uh, I usually I usually like um, look for it. And if I see that they're actually manually trying to defend it, I'm not going to pass it. But if there's an opportunity, I'm going to look for it. And I think I don't really necessarily think it's an overpowered thing. if. I'm if I don't have press on me in the midfield and I have a good player like I don't know let's say I have Thiago in midfield and I see my immobile going in behind and he's not doing anything to stop it like he's not putting pressure on my midfielder he's not trying to track my striker I think he should go through on goal if it's a good pass so I don't necessarily think it's a broken mechanic it's just a way of you know making people aware that you actually have to track runs as a defender and it's a big part of defending I agree absolutely and I think I, I would say that in my experience, as we've got further into the game, it's become, it's that word again, it's become less overpowered, which kind of indicates that perhaps it wasn't overpowered in the first place because people have got used to it. They they are tracking those runs now, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, usually people tend to use something as like saying that something's overpowered when they know, don't know how to defend against it. Yeah. And I mean, using the word skill gap is a big thing. You know, um, I'm so sick and tired of people who are, to expect to know the game during the first week and expect to know how to defend and attack against everything because having a skill gap in a game means that it's going to take time for you to develop those skills. It's not like they're going to transfer from one game to another every year. So I think it's a good thing. 
that people don't know how to play this game yet. And if you find easy mechanics that you don't know how to defend against, uh, I think that's very uh, exposing to the way you've been defending before, because I think a lot of people, for, especially with their center backs the past two years, FIFA 20, FIFA 21, been very effective to just like press high with one of the center backs in a pretty mindless way where they just go up and press a midfielder out of nowhere. And with a smarter AI, they would take the runs in behind. And I think that's what they're doing this year. And that's why it's not as effective. So I think people just need to uh, reevaluate how to defend in a game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I kind of touched on during our regular podcast earlier in the week. This, this game requires so much adjustment. I mean, we're both kind of OG FIFA players. You probably more so than me, actually. You've, you've been around on the scene for a long, long time. And I personally, I can't think of a FIFA where more adjustment has been required, really. And it's not just, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people out there listening to us right now, they'll be sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm really struggling with this game. I, I was pretty good at 21 and now, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to score. I'm conceding goals. Great. Yeah. You, you, they're not on their own, right? There are lots of people out there. I know pros that are struggling to adjust with this. Yeah. And I mean, as I said, that's the way it should be. It should be difficult to learn a game and finding new angles for everything. And as I said, just because something is effective doesn't mean it's overpowered. Um, I mean, I, I usually use the example of, um, I think back in the days, uh, people used to complain about it being too easy to, to score uh, one-on-ones with the keeper. And I'm right. like, they should be easy to score. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you expect? You're one-on-one with the keeper. You should be scoring like nine times out of 10 if you're a top striker, you know? Let's look at some of the individual mechanics then. We, we covered 1v1s in some depth last week, so we won't go into that again. Let's have a look at second man press. That's something that's, that's mm. back this year in a big way. I love it. I'm a massive fan of it. Um, there's been quite a lot of controversy about it. Some people think that it's, uh, it's basically bailing out people who can't defend manually. We've also got things that are back in play, like just general contain where you just hold down the, the X or A button on Xbox. And yeah, it's, it's, it's causing a bit of a stir in the community. I like it. What do you think? I love it. You know, it's bailing out people who can't manually defend the defensive tactical mentalities. Constant yes. pressure, press after precision loss, drop back. All of those are basically people who cannot do any of those things manually. They're horrible things that should not be in the game whatsoever. Back in the days in FIFA, you used to be able to do all those things manually. If you wanted to drop back, you made sure to do that. You Back then, the player switching used to be good. It's not anymore. People have forgotten about that. That was absolutely <laughs> ruined for FIFA 19. I remember that. Uh, but the player switching used to be so great back then. Um, and so the, so that the second man contains, you could actually put pressure on a, on a ball holder and just quickly switch to him and tackle in a good way. But if you wanted to drop back, if you, let's say you were two one up in the 85th minute, you would do that manually with all your plays and try to cut the passing lanes, not for the AI to do that for you. And I think that's where people got it the wrong way around. Like usually I think that you should be making the decisions yourself on the pitch so yeah. for example if you're playing with like a balance balance mentality and you see a player who's turned the wrong way and he's running back down into his own corner i'm not trying i'm trying to press him even with a balance mentality i'm trying to press him keep him that way and just press him down into his own corner and i see my entire team they're just falling back i think they should adjust after your decisions rather than the other way around where you have to adjust from the AI's decisions in, made from your tactical, uh, made from your tactical, um, decisions. Again, I absolutely agree with you. We're, we're going to have to 
fake some sort of disagreement at some point here, Lucas, for the, for the sake of creating some sort of dramatic tension, I think. But yeah, um, I've just put out a set of tactics in the, uh, the Foot Academy Patreon where I've intentionally kept them as vanilla as possible. You know, I've, I've kept everything on balance in there because it's the best way to learn the game. There's yeah, no po- I'm playing with that too. Yeah, there's, there's no point in, in going to one extreme or the other when you're first adapting to things and you're trying to learn the mechanics. You don't want to be playing drop back. You don't want to be playing press after possession loss. You want to be learning the game yourself and seeing how the AI interacts with your gameplay in, in pretty neutral situations, right? Yeah, I definitely agree. That's the way I'm playing it right now. I'm sure that I'll uh, adjust, especially after uh, I think a lot of other people can try out those tactics and I'll read on Twitter what's OP and I'll try it for a game or two. But right now, uh, I just love that you can play in a balanced way is far from perfect, far, far from perfect. I think I still think pressing high up is super difficult in a balanced mentality. Um, and you're so dependent on the AI, even with the R1 second man contain. I, 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 I don't I don't even think it's strong enough even. Uh, and I just love that the midfielders are tracking back and tackling and uh, cutting the passing lanes just because you pass a midfielder doesn't mean that he's just out of the game. Yes, I do agree that you should do it manually, but you are if you're holding down R1, I, that's a manual action using dropback, using press as a position losses, entirely AI. And especially the way the game is being played in 2021, where it's been impossible to win the ball high up the pitch manually. And the, um, I mean, the overload ball side has been super effective. Like the press as a position loss was like super effective last year. I mean, you could be 3 0 up in the 70th minute and he turns on constant pressure and there's nothing you can do totally. because you're, because your players are not doing anything and his players are all over the pitch, just running and covering everything. And there's no penalty, yeah, no penalty to his players for no doing that. No penalty whatsoever, except for a little bit of a stamina loss. Yeah. Frustrating. While we're talking about tactics, where are you at the moment? What, what are you running? Do you give away your secrets? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's not, there's nothing special about it. Um, I'm just playing a pretty narrow 4-2-3-1, um, which I usually do at the start of the game because it's a formation I've been playing in FIFA at a high level for like 10 years. And I feel super comfortable with it. And that way I can sense the differences in the gameplay a little bit differently. I'm like the 4-3-2-1 and I'm just playing balance pretty much in like 5-6 five, five, and, you know, just trying to learn the game, getting in behind with my strikers. I do like to play a Quick passing game. Uh, so I use a direct passing. I'm not really sure what effect it actually has on my gameplay, but I'm running a road to glory. So I'm not playing with the best players in the game yet. And yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it works fine. I'm, I'm just trying to look for players with some sort of edge in the game. So I'm playing with the Serie A squad mainly, um, with Dybala being the technical player and Immobile being the finisher. I mean, he, he's a little bit, a little bit clumsy, you know, but he's, uh, he's got that edge of shooting, which I really like in, in a player. So I always say that before a, before a FIFA comes out, just try to look for players with edge because you're not going to get all, all of those things in the, in the same player as you do in like a Ronaldo where he's quick and he can shoot because those players are going to be super expensive, obviously. So I'm trying to look for players with some sort of edge. And I feel like um, Serie A has some really, really good players this year that are, are really uh, shaped and fitted for my system. What about skill moves? Where are we with skill moves then? Because in Mobile Three-star skill moves. You're obviously not too bothered about the uh, the skill moves on a striker. Dybala, four-star. Do you have any five-star skillers in there? No, I have Mane on the left wing and Kies on the right. No, I'm not really using any skill moves whatsoever, to be honest. Uh, I'm just passing the ball, trying to time my runs. And I need, what, what I do need to get better at is using the um, 
the player lock. I think there's right. a massive potential in that this year, especially in comparison to the previous titles. But I haven't really played the game enough for uh, for me to develop that side of my game yet. Can you expand on that a little? Why why do you think that it could be potentially important this year? Because I think that the defenders are not as agile in covering passes right. as they have been. And I think you can get a lot of advantages by using small movements and quick movements if you're quick enough with the sticks. Um, for example, uh, during cutbacks, I, I don't really think that the strikers are positioning themselves in a great way. Uh, they're not doing it as automatically as they have uh, in previous titles, which is, which might be a good thing because it's just only going to increase the skill gap if you actually have to do that manually. Are we, are we talking about the uh, the so called sweaty pullbacks from the sort of from the byline to the six yard box? Yeah, I mean, for an instance, yeah, yeah. and even uh, when switching the play, let's say you have the ball. Um, let's say you're 30, 40 yards away from goal and you want to look for a switch. You want to get some sort of run from your striker, which I feel like they don't really uh, provide you with as much as I would have wanted. And well, you, you saw those runs in FIFA 15, 16, and 17, but yeah. not really anymore. And yeah, if you can get those runs in manually, um, I think you can score some great goals. I, I was actually on the point of giving up on skill moves, more or less. And I, I, I'm sure you'll remember, I, I came into your stream and I, I was having a real low point in my relationship with, with Neymar, which has it's been an up and down relationship over the last sort of three or four years, really. And I was just about to give up on his, on his skill moves. And, you know, I said to you, Neymar's just, he's, he's not it this year. Uh, I've tried him a little bit in draft. I think he's absolutely amazing. <laughs> but yeah. I'm comparing him to Immobile, you know, so <laughs> it's not really a fair comparison, I suppose. But I do think that I've seen a lot of people using the Elasticos against me. I think they're really hard to defend against still. The Elastico is the thing, but you've got it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the theme of what we're saying here. You've got to, look, you've got to relearn it this year. You, you've got to know exactly what your exit angle is going to be. You've got to time yeah. it right so that you're exiting into space. Yeah. But if you get it right, it's still really OP. OP. Yeah, I wouldn't it. necessarily say it's OP, yeah. but it's a very good skill move. I knew um, you were going to pick me up on that as soon as I said it. <laughs> I mean, I think <laughs> it's a little bit too early. That's what I always say when somebody comes into my stream and they ask, what do you think about the game? And I'll tell you what I think about the game, but it's impossible to have a qualified opinion about the game. I think you should be very careful to say what you think about the game this early on, especially as the patches will change the game. Just look at how much patches changed FIFA 21 yeah. um, last year. So, Lucas, what do you think about the game? <laughs> oh my god yeah um, I was one of the few one of the many that criticized the game early on yeah. um, I was definitely struggling the first day or two I just came I just came back from a trip to America I've been awake for like 35 hours straight um, just flying and then I just picked up the game and I was like what is this I can't even um, and I was just furious I lost the first five drafts I played but- and I was just like oh my God, where's the skill gap in this game? And I was like, yeah, you go back to PS4, play that version. It's a lot better, you know. But I decided to uh, try to adjust and um, look at it uh, from an older FIFA games perspective, being more pass passing oriented and um, not as not trying to skill move past everyone all the time and just trying to time passes. I do love the pace of the game, mm. um, not as in the speed and tempo of things, but I think that they've got the pace spot on this year. Um, I think that the best, the quickest players are quicker than some players. And you really need to accelerate to reach your top speed. It feels like it at least. So when somebody like a player like Mane, when he's running full speed in behind, you're not going to be able to catch up with him, nor should you if you just start from, from zero. So I think that that's one of the things that they got spot on this year. 
So as a licensed UEFA coach, is FIFA 22 a football simulator? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> Nowhere close <laughs> to being a football simulator. And I, I think it's hilarious every time someone is like, yeah, it's, but it's more realistic. What's realistic about this game? Yeah. Like, what exactly is realistic about this game? <laughs> what do you mean when you say that is realistic? Because you can't be doing tornado, elastico, shooting. It doesn't mean that it's realistic all of a sudden. It's definitely not. It feels um, like one of the things, it's so difficult for EA too. Because, for example, at a very top level, for example, you want to try to find the small spaces in the box. And you want to try to get some sort of quick movement sideways to open up the legs of a defender and then kind of shoot between them, right? Yeah. But if that happens in FIFA, it's bullshit, right? right? <laughs> so it's so hard for them to use those small things without like adding a close your legs button or, you know, something like that. And the close your legs button is just so broken, man. <laughs> Nothing ever gets through the legs. Uh, but no, I, I just think it's the thing is like EA, they've done this to themselves because they're calling it a football simulator. They want it to be as realistic as possible, but it's yeah. nowhere close to being real football. It's nowhere close. It's like, um, the players are acting so strange all the time. They're acting so strange. And like, I mean, as I said, like the AI, the way they interact, like, for example, like a big thing in pressing would be to try to keep your opponent turned the wrong way. Right. Yeah. And maybe, maybe even for the defender to, um, for him to uh, be the only one who can turn with the ball. But that's not really how it works. Cause it's so easy. Like um, let's say I'm pressing you from behind and you, if you just run straight back at your goal, no, none of my players are going to do anything bad. That's like a huge pressing trigger. Like, we need to lift our team, man. Oh, it frustrates me every time because people focus on the small, irrelevant things. But these are like the foundations of football. Like the, the quick movements of players collectively that it's not really in the game whatsoever. I think the situation that we've got really, I think what's confused people is that it's less arcadey. And I think people have equated less arcadey with more realistic. Those are not the two like opposites. They're not no. opposites. Like it could be the same thing. Like what I love about, for example, like Volta, for example, is like, yeah, it is more realistic, but it's also arcadey. You see what I'm saying? Like, cause small sided games are like that. I've, I've never played it, Lucas. We, we, we don't talk about Volta. <laughs> I mean, I, I really like Volta. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, if, if I had anybody to play it with, like, I'm sure I would have loved Volta when I was 20, you know, and I just wanted to practice skill moves or whatever and just have a laugh at like at a party with my friends, especially this year with small challenges and there's a tournament and stuff, you know. Anyways. Um, no, that's interesting, actually, because it's, I mean, hands in the air. I, I really am quite dismissive of Volta, but I've never looked at it from that angle, to be quite honest with you. Do you think that it can be useful in terms of developing your skills for foot? I thought it was at first, but then I played it. I played it for a video that EA asked me to do okay. uh, before this year. And I thought it was a lot of fun. Not necessarily even skill moves. It was like, uh, try to score on this goal. The first one to react or like uh, football tennis or um, just like a keep possession 2v2 challenge. I think that's a lot of fun uh, doing those kinds of things. But I'm not necessarily has anything to do with the game in itself. And I thought it would when it released back in FIFA 20, but it really didn't because it felt different. The engine was like different in the game. But I thought it was going to be a great way of actually uh, being good at keeping the ball. But it's too easy. If you go out and play a King of the Hills game, I did that yesterday. It's impossible to get the ball off. <laughs> it's impossible, which is like crazy. Like it should should be so easy to close somebody down, and that's what the R one 
presses do because the AI is doing it for you because it's impossible to do manually. Yeah. As so far, like, or I'm not skilled enough, which I doubt, but it's, it's just so difficult to get the ball off of a player. Yeah. And you can even, you can even tackle them in the king of the hill because there are no free kicks. You still can't get the ball off of them. Yeah. You turn on Twitter and everybody, Twitter is obviously never wrong, Lucas. We both know this, that everybody is saying that the second man press team may contain is too OP. What, what do they even mean? Like, what, what's the problem with it? They think it's AI defending? Like, I don't get it. It's not like it works itself, is it? It's not like it chooses when to press the R1 button, right? Uh, no, I, I think it should be more effective, if anything. Like, I, sh- I, I do think it should be making tackles. If you run straight into a defender, the way it's been working the past few years is that if you're using the R1, your player actually slows down yeah. in his pressing. Like, it's, it was useless. They killed it. Yeah which uh, pretty much killed manual defending in FIFA for the past three years. But if you are using it, it's not that effective. But if I put a player and try to block a passing lane with that player or whatever, you just run straight into me. You should get stripped off the ball. Like, you should not keep the ball. You're making a stupid decision running straight into me. I kind of get it with the tracking back, uh, back checking kind of thing. I see what you're saying. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. Like, if you're too slow with a player in your back, of course he's going to take the ball off of you. Speed up. Something that seems to be emerging right now, so early days, and, you know, again, hands in the air, I'm still learning this game every bit as much as as, as other people out there are. With Contain being back, just general bog-standard Contain, what I've seen emerging is people basically standing in front of the attacker using Contain, and then with R1, dragging a, an attacker back from behind the player with the ball. So they're kind of closing down, sandwiching the, the, the ball carrier effectively. So coming from the front and behind. Move the ball. Exactly. Pass it. Pa- they are, you, <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> What's the problem? Like people are expecting one player to take like 35 touches and do two elasticos and then score. Right. Just because they can't do that anymore. Where, where do you ever see that in real life? And not, like- not only that, if you're in a situation anywhere on the pitch, if you're in a situation where you've got two defenders dealing with one of your attackers, the space somewhere else on that pitch that your opponent is making himself vulnerable by doing that. Yes, yes. And especially if you move the ball, if you pass it to somebody standing right next to you or whatever, he needs to adjust to that. He can't just hold those two buttons. He needs to play a switch. He needs to use that second man container. And it's also time. You can't be using it forever. It's ridiculous. Just pass the ball. Completely. And I, I, I can't remember the nature of the tweet that I got yesterday, but it was something along the lines of... Uh, the game is bad and it's proved by the fact that so many pros are criticizing it. And my, oh no, no, no. Well, my, my reply was, was basically along, along the lines of that it's, it's not that the game is bad. It's that a lot of pros are bad at playing it at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, as I said, like they're a privileged elite. They're, uh, we are, they are. <laughs> and we're just expecting to be good at the game because we put a lot of money into it. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I'm not going to argue against like the finesse shots, the one-on-ones. Keepers are too strong. I think a lot of people would agree to that. See, I don't. I don't. Here we go. I knew, I knew there'd be something. I, I, I like it. I like that you've got to use everything in your toolbox to get the result you want. You've got to use timed finishing for a start. You've got to have a player with good shot power. I, I have no problem with that. You, you can be the keeper. It's not like they're impregnable. No, they're not, but they're inconsistent. And I can agree with hard, that. Yeah. It's hard to be consistent at finishing if the keepers are inconsistent. What do you think they should do about finesses? Mm, I have a hard time with that because I do think that you should be able to score finesses from around the box, especially if you green time them, if you have the space to do it. Mm. And right now, 
I mean, a lot of people are saying it's the only way of scoring, but I think it's a little bit too easy sometimes, especially first time finesses. I got one crazy goal scored against me, like Muriel, like being turned the wrong way and just like one timing a FIFA 19 way. And I was like, what? Yeah. Just flashback. Yeah. I was just like, oh no, not again. But um, I've, I've seen, I've seen a lot that have come from corners where the ball's just pinged out there and the defenders just don't have time to get out and close the ball down. That seems to be a real problem. Yeah. I mean, you could probably prevent it. You know, if you, if you see it coming, you could probably prevent it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think so. The way I've experienced it, when I play good players, it's a little bit OP. But, um, as I've said, like, it's, um, it's a little bit too early to say. But you've got to have some way of being able to punish people who are playing drop back as well, haven't you? So everybody that's. Yeah, but I'm not really sure the finesse should be the way to do that. But it's a, de- like, it's why a deterrent, it, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, like, just, I think using power shots yes. from out. Should be uh, it is. a way of scoring. Hasn't really been for years. It's, I've scored a lot of goals this year from just laying the ball into a, a midfielder's path as he's sort of charging towards the penalty box, hitting it first time, and they they go in. Ah, I haven't even tried. Like I've scored a few with him overlay, and I'm like, wow, you know. I think I need a little bit more uh, experience uh, testing things out, but I do think it's an interesting terrain. Like you should have to put pressure on the midfielder, yeah, at all times without at the ball holder, because otherwise you should get punished. Lucas, I could talk to you all day about this kind of thing, but obviously we can't sit here and talk all day, unfortunately. We've got a few questions from the Discord, so before we end, uh, I'd like to go through some of those. got one from JasonM24, and he says, if I'm in a game against a clearly better opponent or a pro, what tactical setup is best suited to maybe frustrate him and nick a goal? Also, what tips would help in those situations where it feels like the win is impossible? Mm, good question. Uh, something that frustrates me, at least, is when somebody's holding the ball a lot. Yes. You know, especially especially if, um, if you're in the first half and you feel like you haven't really touched the ball and it's just frustrating, you know, like you're going to find a way of scoring, I think, because the game is uh, designed the way, like I think it's hard not to score if you keep a session for like plus 10 minutes, you know? Yeah, um, you're going to find an opening somewhere. Exactly. So if you just switch to play and just play it safe, um, I think that's the way you should play. That's the way I play good players. Um, and I think that's the way they play each other uh, too. Um, just possession is the meta. It's going to be, uh, has been for the past few years. Yeah, just don't let him get get to the space where he wants to finesse it because uh, that's what he'll probably look to do. I mean, it depends on what kind of level are we talking about here. Are we talking a Division three player? Are we talking like Tex? But Somebody like that is probably going to look for the finesse. Okay. And for Sovereign, he wants to know, have you found any corner routines that work well, say, resulting in a goal three out of 10 times? No, I have not. I don't really have any good players um, in the box. I mean, I, I think just playing a short is probably still pretty effective. And you don't risk getting the counterattack either. So, I mean, I just put it in there because I'm too lazy, you know, like, I know I'm going to beat this guy 4-0 anyways, so I just put it in there. <laughs> I think um, what I'd add is that, you know, as I said a moment ago, I've seen quite a lot of goals coming from taking it short, then playing it back to, to the edge of the area and hitting a finesse. Yeah, it depends on what kind of player. I, I usually tend to get skidding air in those situations, mm. and uh, the finesse not is not really an option. No. Mr. Neilio wants to know, how are you adapting your game management this year, if at all? What do you mean by game management? Yeah, I think what he means is, are you um, 
game management to me is is the ratty aspect again, isn't it? It's, if you've got say not necessarily, but, but like tactical than like decision making, I suppose. I, I read it as being like if you're one nil up with ten minutes to go, are you holding the ball in the corner? Maybe I'm wrong. I, it depends on what kind of game it is, you know. <laughs> like if I'm playing a super sweaty rivals game, I'm gonna hold that ball down the corner for sure. Just waiting for the constant press to come. No, I, I suppose I suppose possession is a good way of. Uh, keeping control of the game still as it has been. And it's going to force them to put the constant pressure on, which I'm sure most people will because it's a really effective way of winning the ball back. Let's take a slightly less cynical view of the question then, because Neil is not a cynical kind of guy. So I would imagine that's how he's intended it. Let's assume that he means, what do you have game plan wise? Are you somebody who finds a formation that they like and then adds variants of that in your game plans? Or do you have different, different formations? No, I usually use the same formation. All throughout, because I think the four two three one is very balanced in, in a lot of ways, and yeah. you can push your fullbacks up. I usually don't go to like a three five two or something like that. That's not really my style. I usually just put the constant pressure on and just watch AI take it for me, and I'll get an opening when winning it. <laughs> oh dear, um, yeah. For me, again, something that we talked about previously, especially at this stage of the game, pick a formation, learn a formation. Stick to the formation. I think it's all about just getting games, you know, yeah. play as much as you can. Don't waste time doing SPCs, whatever. Just play the game. Yeah. I think that's the best advice that I can give anybody. That's what it's for. And while we're talking about formations, Mr. Bridick says, do you feel like you're forced to play 4 2 3 one? Oh, It's very much on point. Do you feel like you're forced to play 4 2 3 one or 4 4 2 Because a lot of the pros use these formations. Or is there another formation you want to use in champs and rivals that wouldn't be good enough for the competitive scene? Uh, I'd love to play like a Conte, um, Tuchel kind of 3-4-3. I'd love to play that kind of football with the three narrow attackers or two narrow attackers um, with the control build up, but it's not really possible in this game. The 4-4-2 and the 4-2-3-1, they're... Uh, very being used because they're so suited to how the game is being played, which is so strange. I've always thought it's strange that the 442 is so strong in these possession metas that we've seen in the past three years. But no, it's just they're playing that formation because it is suited to maximizing the AI movements in the game, especially last year with two strikers. The 4312 was so strong with the presence of possession loss and the AI would win the ball for you. So if you were playing the weekly, you would get get a lot of free goals. But it didn't really work as well against pros because they know how to play uh, their way around it. But using two strikers was super effective last year. I think it still is probably. Haven't really used uh, two striker formation too much, but I'm sure there are different ways of playing the game. Yeah. Perfect. And that's going to wrap us up for this week, Lucas. Thanks ever so much for joining us. I know that you've squeezed us in in the early morning over there. In, are you in Stockholm? Yeah, yeah, sitting here in my office. Early morning in Stockholm. So, yeah, very much appreciated. You're back to streaming on Twitch. So where can people catch you? I I actually made a decision last week to stop with my English content because it's taking too much time. I have a big community in in Sweden, and it just feels like I've just been trying to, you know, break through internationally, but I don't really have the time for it right? uh, because I'm coaching like 25, 30 hours a week of real football. So I just have time to squeeze in one uh, channel or Twitch. So I'm actually going to be starting to stream in Swedish again, sadly. But if you uh, if we're in, if we're in for it and you write something in English um, in the stream, I'll I'll answer you in English. 
There we go. At least there's that. People can follow you on Twitter at FIFA Lucasinia. Am I correct? L-U-K-A-S-I-N-H-O. Exactly. Exactly. Good stuff there. People can follow me, uh, I'm sure they already know, at The Foot Coach. And obviously the podcast is at Footballers Pod. So yeah, that's where we'll leave things for now. We'll be back next week with more talk about gameplay and mechanics. And until then, win more than you lose. Bye for now. Network.